I mean, uh, just personally, I just, it just, I hate losing. Um, I hate losing more than I like winning. Uh, and, you know, for me, I just feel like uh, there's definitely things that need to be addressed, things that we need to clean up. Um, no need to point fingers at anything. Uh, these are, we're competing, we're in the games, um, but, you know, it's just, we just got to take it to another level. Uh, just finishing things, playing complimentary football, um, just beating off of each other. It's Isaiah Simmons, linebacker of the Cardinals, talking with the media yesterday. The reason why I'm playing an Isaiah Simmons soundbite to mm-hmm. enter into this discussion, Bic, um, Isaiah Simmons was very demonstrative on the field early in the game. This came up, and I, I noticed it in real time. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but it came up, and then somebody else did some some research. Uh, Johnny Venerable from GoPHNX.com put this on Twitter. Uh, about three minutes and change left in the first quarter. Vikings facing a fourth down. The play clock is running down on the Vikings. And the Cardinals, as the play, they scramble to get to the line, the Cardinals end up calling a timeout as the ball is snapped on defense yep. before a fourth down play. Yep. And you could very, very clearly, I wanted to play the clip, but you know, there's, there's audible profanity in it. Mm-hmm. But you could very hearly, clearly hear a, a Cardinals player frustrated, get the bleeping call in. That player was Isaiah Simmons. We've talked so much about communication issues over and over on and offense. over again on offense, yep. but apparently in crucial game situations, like, I don't know, a fourth down where the, the opposition is going to go for it, mm-hmm. the defense is having trouble communicating as well. Now, the, the Cardinals did call the timeout. They stopped the Vikings on that fourth down play and took over on downs. Yep. But that is still so concerning that in a week eight football game, yeah. you got team, a, a, a team that's still dealing with this. Yeah, stuff. listen, it's an issue. And again, it's a lot of people say this is kind of uh, emblematic of the, of the overall lack of detail, toughness, control, discipline, all that stuff. And I'm sure there's part of that. Um, I, I, I just think that I know that in the NFL, when you get into tight games, the margins for victory become so small, mm-hmm. you cannot burn timeouts. Not not in close games. Sometimes you can get away with it in the first half if things start going rogue and you have to burn a couple. You, you can get away with that. But the, that this is one of the things, this is one of the recurring issues with this football team that really have me just, like I said, on the edge because this is, this is, not, this is not winning football. This is not the way you get it done. And and the needless burning of timeouts has got to stop. Yep. And so so with the communication, yeah. Listen, you, uh, you you watch the same games as I do. Vance Joseph does a lot of talking. Yes, very demonstrative. Yes, and so yeah, and that and that was a very demonstrative reaction from Isaiah Simmons. And I, I saw what Johnny had put out, and I thought that was a good catch because in real time you saw some. Angst on the field, but you didn't know really where it was coming from, what it was all about. I initially thought yeah. hearing the voice and without syncing it up to the player reaction, I thought it was Kirk Cousins yelling yeah. because the play clock was running out of the Vikings. But it turns out the Cardinals are the team that burned the timeout. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury spoke to the media yesterday and he talks about this pretty much every week. The play clock issues was a topic of discussion again. I talked about um, trying to huddle. 
which was new for us. And, and obviously, there's been some growing pains in that, and we got to be better um, with some of these new pieces, trying to calm people down because it has been late in the play clock when we've been getting up there. And, and so that's something we've continued to, get to, to work on. Uh, with Wolf and Luke in his interview yesterday about commuting, pl- uh, communicating plays during the game and improving on that with his quarterback. Yeah, as you've seen last couple weeks um, with huddling, something we neither one of us have done. It's uh, had our moments um, trying to get the play, you know, called, getting it in, uh, getting to the line, and, and not being pressed for time. And that's something we got to work at if we want to be able to do that and kind of calm everybody down. Some of those new pieces, we've got to be more efficient and, and expedite the process. And, and uh, hopefully, we can we can get better at this this week. I, 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 Again, my my reaction to all of this to to hear the head coach say, you know, we're experimenting with huddling halfway through a season. He's mm-hmm. never done it. I've never done it. This whole thing just feels like throwing stuff at a wall That's what and it feels like. hoping that something sticks to it. Yeah, and then but it it it's also incomplete disalignment if that's a word I don't think it is. It's not in alignment with all the time off this head coach has granted this football team. And with the with the laissez-faire approach to the OTAs, if if you've got stuff like this, then you need to practice. Mhm. So it yeah, we've got to get better in a hurry up. We've I've heard that 3 years running now. But it, but the fact of the matter is they do. They've got three consecutive home games against division opponents who know the Cardinals inside and out, which means one of two things. It means either Cliff Kingsbury's got to dial up some surprises and not be Cliff Screensbury, or, or they've just got to get transcendent performances from DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray and hope it's enough. Look, it's, I'm pessimistic. It's not the greatest formula. In the moment right now as well, with this three-game stretch coming up, I can confidently say right now this morning that two of these teams that the Cardinals will face in this stretch, I feel are better football teams, clearly, than the Arizona Cardinals right now. Seattle and San Francisco are better. The Rams are not better than the Cardinals right now, but they own the Cardinals. And they're going to be desperate. Yes. Desperate. But the fact of the matter remains that despite what has been just a frustrating eight-week stretch for the Cardinals— they they don't control their own destiny, but when you have three straight games, that could pull against division opponents, uh-huh. and you find a way to win those three, yeah. which is not impossible. Mm-hmm. You completely turn around your season, right? Anything and, short of that again, I think probably buries this team. And again, the thing the thing that just and I I want to believe believe me I do I want this football team to get back to the playoffs in the worst way. I want this team to kind of recapture what they had in the worst way. But what just gets me so aggravated is when when this team comes out and the pressure gathers, it things get worse. It, every snap is a struggle. Every huddle is a struggle, and, and then to hear. The head coach say neither one of us have, have huddled before. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Where do you go begin with that? <laughs> it, 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 you got to huddle in the NFL. You you can't you can't run the up tempo. Let's just gather everybody at the line of scrimmage and figure this out. You can't do that. Well, I mean, you can't uh, do that exclusively. But again, it, it, we haven't seen it. Cliff Kingsbury admitted it. So now they're doing it on the fly. Mm-hmm. Why not get your comfortable, what used to, used to be your comfortable operation, better? Why not improve on that yep. instead of 
trying to reinvent something. They've given them a play calling wristband. Yeah. They're huddling. And the team is constantly flat. They're constantly they look they look unprepared. And that's been that's been a, a, a rising narrative from a lot of NFL types who have peeked in on this on this football team is they they've mentioned that it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of game planning for the opponent going on. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's I'm sure they're, they're working on their stuff, but there's not a lot of this is where we're going against you because that's where you're weak. But they and could that, spin and it. And that's Sean McVay's and that's Sean McVay's entire game. Mm-hmm. They could spin it. We're a second half team. We make adjustments. But the reality is that they don't go into the game prepared. Yeah. Second and so, half of the season. Not, they're not a second half of the season team. No, no, a second <laughs> half of the game. Okay, good. Like they've been, the offenses look better that, in second half right, of but games. But that's what I said about the defense yesterday is, mm-hmm. uh, look, I'm going to credit Vance Joseph too. His defense is overachieved on the whole, but why is it constantly necessary for there to be massive defensive adjustments at halftime they do them yeah. but after a hole has been dug well yes and but again it's it's I, I, like i said maybe i'm too sympathetic towards the defense but i but i do think that they've been underfunded and they have overperformed for the most part maybe maybe sunday maybe i'm cutting them too much slack uh, for their performance in minnesota based on what they had done previously but uh, man for a stretch of four games i could not believe how this defense was holding down some of the best mm-hmm. offense offenses and some of the best skill players in football. And that, to me, was that was just smoke and mirrors. And at some point in time, you figure it was going to catch up to them a little bit, and maybe it has. But it's it, the fact that they're, that they're giving up opening drive touchdowns and the like, that's not uncommon in the NFL. It just doesn't happen for us offensively. <laughs> Seriously. That's true. We're eight games into the season. They do not have a first-quarter touchdown. Yeah. Eight quarters. I, football. That's, again, two yeah. full games. Yeah, and I think it's only three field goals on those opening drives. Yeah, you said something that uh, that I haven't been able to get out of my head because it, it it is so true, and I believe this my entire life because I've heard Bill Belichick talk about this. When, when things get nasty on a football field, you've got to focus in on your best players. Get the ball to your best. Player and mm-hmm. good things will happen, and it's it, it, that's something. I think the Cardinals could make this very, very simple in terms of game planning, and they could maybe even find success. It, as ridiculous as this sounds, target DeAndre Hopkins more. He's had a ton of in two games back. Yeah. Keep throwing him the football. Cool. Throw it to him twenty times. Throw it to him twenty times. Yeah. Get Rondale more downfield. We saw that the results of that too. We saw the results on of that. Sunday, and Kyler Murray is going to have to make plays with his feet, and just. Focus on those. Yep. Coming up next, uh, we've already found Kevin Durant to, during his Twitter history has had a burner account. Has another NBA player Uh-oh. been identified with a Uh-oh. burner account? Oh, no. Some local ramifications. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings. The whole crew here with you, live from the Option Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jarrett Carlin, and uh, Phoenix Suns with a game tonight. Uh, one player that won't be at the arena is Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is... Love that guy. A member. Sorry, I had to do that one last time. <laughs> Jay, Jay Crowder. freaking Crowder. Um, he has not been with the Suns all season long. They're still working on a deal. Apparently, I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how hard they're working on uh-huh. a deal. But yesterday, something happened on social media that got 
a lot of people's attention. I certainly noticed it. Others did as well. There was a Twitter account uh, under the name of Sarah Miller. Sarah M-I-284-36310. Oh, not once, not twice, not three times, not four, uh, but four times tweeted about trying to get a Jay Crowder jersey at a son's home game and being denied that opportunity by the staff. Four different tweets from a Twitter account that was started in 2020, had like six followers, or was following six people. So the ratio wasn't very good is what you tell me? Okay. Uh, Jay Crowder notices this, quote unquote. Yeah. And in his Jay Crowder style, all caps, yeah, no worries, stay patient, coming soon, I promise, period, exclamation point, another Jay Crowder the double punctuation, <laughs> the Jay Crowder trademark. Thorough. With the, with the praying hands and a, an uh, alarm clock emoji. Yeah. That apparently has been deleted. I think, Sarah, maybe you can uh, look uh, at your namesake, Sarah Miller's. Yes. I think that account has been deleted. Am, am I? Oh, no, I'm looking at it oh, right okay, now. Okay, okay. I, 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 I erred in trying to find it. Oh, okay. I will, uh, I'll teams it to you. How does that sound? <laughs> she posted an hour ago. Is it about the same subject? Uh, yes, but it's a. I, I don't know when this was taken, but it's a it's a live photo, so basically like a quick video of her face, basically saying, "No, I am who I am." She t- tags Jay Crowder right? again and says, "Run me my jersey." I got these folks thinking I'm a fake account because I want a damn Crowder jersey, and then says, "Follow me on IG." <laughs> so. This person claims right, to you, be a real fan. Have you clicked the Instagram account? Uh, no, she had not linked it, so I have to go find her. Conveniently didn't link it. Mm. Look, anybody who saw the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix knows you can massage the truth here. I know. I'm going to I'm gonna try and find her real quick. I'm, I've encountered some scary women's photos on Instagram at work this week, so I'm a little nervous about this. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I take it you checked out that account. Uh, I no, I did not. I refrained. Oh, okay. But I did watch. The, you brought that up yesterday. Real quick side note: mm-hmm. that woman who hit the uh, the golf ball at Grand Canyon. Yeah, that was sickening. It's yeah, so I stupid. never got that link. Oh, I gotta hit you. With yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it didn't throw the club into the canyon. Her her tee shot actually broke the club in half, so the club head and part of the shaft went into the canyon. The account is private. Sarah, Sarah Miller. Sarah Miller. And she's in Sarah Shipman so on Instagram. So you're leaning into this that this is a burner. I think so. There's overuse of emojis. Jay Crowder does that. Okay. It's not all caps. There's only uh, a couple of words that are all caps. A burner for what purpose, though? I want to know. To make him look good. I, I, I. He's got a lot of free time right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Why do you think Jay deleted his response to it? I wonder though. Because a lot of people jumped on it. I'm going to be at Footprint Center. I'll get there a little early. I can, dip, you know, duck into the team shop and say, hey, I want to get a Jay Crowder yeah, jersey. Can I get one? Do that. Well, you're going to wear a fake mustache. I have one if you want to. Be- because <laughs> he, does, he actually does. Yeah, I do have a whole I got seven of them, seven of them yeah. left. Yeah. yeah. After. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, that's kind of interesting to me because, first of all, who in a team shop would make that kind of a decision? 
If it's a cut, obviously they're not selling Jay Crowder jerseys right now. Uh huh. He's not really with the team, right? So somebody, so allegedly walked in there and said, "I want to buy one." So Sarah Miller walks in and says, "Hey, I want this customized Jay Crowder jersey." I mean, they couldn't deny that, could customized, they? Customized, yeah. yeah she's hey, I'm, put, making, I'm making this it? for my friend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why would you? Johnny you Crowder. Yeah. yeah. You could put Mr. Poop on the back of your jersey if you want. They can't <laughs> Jared would know. Everything yeah. goes back to that subject, Jared. Wow. Jerseys? <laughs> no. Nicknames. No. <laughs> it is crazy, though, that there seems to be no urgency to get this Crowder deal done. So let's why, stop why, there. Let's stop there. Let's, yes. let's talk about that for a minute. Two things about that. Number one, James Jones, as we know, is very deliberate. Things get done on his timetable, not yours. That's we, we've, we've learned that about James. Uh, would there be some clapback from James Jones? Because keep in mind here, uh, this was all started by Jay Crowder, was it not? I mean, if, if, if the Suns decided, we sorry, we're not giving you a contract extension, that is not unique to Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton dealt with it. Cam John Johnson dealt with it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so buddy, get in line. If you've got, and with all due respect, because I do respect Jay Crowder, great dude, we all do. So, I don't want to be the guy that just now that he's out, we start unloading on him. That happens a lot in this market, and I hate when that happens. Okay. But in that case, there's nothing unique that's a very consistent son's policy, for better or worse. You can argue with it. You can say it's good. You can say it's bad. They're, they, they do things their own way. They do. Okay? So Jay Crowder at that point in time had a decision to make, and that decision was, I'm not playing basketball for you guys. Right? Am I right about this? Yes. Is this the story? Yes. This is the story. So in that situation, if the team's bench is playing just fine – Without a replacement or a t- trade piece coming back for Jake Crowder, it, James Jones is going to take his time. Absolutely, and if you get further down, you know, further into the season, that's still a chip that you could play. Now, I think everybody well, wanted some sort of resolution to this issue as quickly as possible, but the way the Suns are playing has given James Jones even even more leeway to I, take his time. Well, I think what happened, I think very early on, that they did try to trade him swiftly, mm-hmm. and I think they found out teams were going, oh, no, no, you're going to have to cut him. We're not going to give in. We're, we're going to call your bluff. And so in return, now James Jones suddenly has leverage. He's got the upper hand in that. Well, so, and now with these teams that were supposed to be 10 the Utah Jazz are a championship contender, apparently. Yeah, Maybe he can end up up with that. <laughs> I mean, they lost two in a row, though. I think. Lowry Markkinen. Of course. They had a great year. Jazz won last night. Our uh, listener, Rachel H. This is the tweet of the year, by the way. Was wondering if we Rachel. heard about the hottest new couple in Arizona sports. Uh, Sarah Miller and John H. Berry. <laughs> <laughs> so hot right now. It's time for Character Counts, presented by Parker and Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Today's nominee is Northwest Christian High School senior Noah Larson. Noah is a member of the National Honor Society with a 4.0 GPA as a standout in football and basketball and is a member of the Prayer Warriors Club, Sight Club, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Despite this busy schedule, Noah also makes time to pursue his true passion, helping the homeless. Noah and his friends spend time giving out food, water, and toiletries to the Valley's homeless on the streets and in shelters. Noah has also helped out the city of Phoenix clean the streets and volunteered for multiple ministries. Uh, Feed My Starving Children and 
the Hope Women's Center. Noah has not decided what he wants to do after graduation, but he knows he wants to continue helping people. Well done, Noah Larson. Character Counts, uh, presented by Parker & Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Looking for their next student-athlete to win a $10,000 scholarship. Just text CHARACTER to 620-620 to nominate a student today. Coming up next, Sarah takes us through the Rush Hour reboot. Spickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome on into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is uh, great to have you all with us. We go through the top stories of the day every single day at this time. So I am Sarah Cazell taking you through those stories with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata. Mm, who is that? 21 Pilots. Uh. I've been reduced to playing clips of bands I don't even like. I was going to say, do, do any of us like 21 Pilots here on this show? <laughs> okay, great. And Jarrett Carlin. Good point, Ed Weirdo. <laughs> Thanks for tweeting us, Ed Weirdo. All right, let's get into our top story. We're uh, starting off with the Arizona Cardinals. They're three and five through eight weeks. And as we've already started discussing, they have a pivotal stretch ahead of them. Back-to-back-to-back division games. Next Sunday, they host the Seahawks, who are improbably at the top of the NFC West right now at 5-3. and three. Uh, The Cardinals have a 57% chance to win that one. Then they're at the Rams. They have a 36% chance to win that game. And then they play the 49ers in Mexico City. The Cardinals have a 43% chance to win that game. Yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury said the team understands just how important this three-game stretch is. No doubt. I mean, they, they know what's what's coming and, and when you, it lines up like it does and you have a chance if you, if you were to run the table you'd know you'd have at least a piece of first place basically um, that's that's a lot to put out there and, and uh, to get Seattle at home uh, they just beat us a couple weeks ago and, and uh, played a great game they're playing at a high level our guys will be keyed up for it and, and know that you know we don't have a lot of wiggle room left we got to play at a high level in a hurry and hopefully that's uh, that's a Sunday don't have a lot of wiggle room left he says uh, he also called this stretch a great carrot out in front of the team. We also heard from Isaiah Simmons yesterday. Uh, he said the team believes they can still control their destiny. You know, this is definitely the most important game, really just because it's the next game. Um, but um, just understanding that, you know, we still can write our destiny. You know, I think everybody understands what the importance of this game is and what it can do for us and um, how we can just really build off of this week. So, you know, I know we're all looking forward to getting back on the field tomorrow. Okay, again, hosting Seattle at the Rams and then playing the Niners in Mexico City. How do you guys think the Cardinals come out the other end of this stretch? Zero wins, one, two, or three? I think they'll win one. Yeah, I think that's the answer. And it'll probably be the one that you don't expect them to win. They, uh, <laughs> from from what I read earlier, they're actually favored to beat the Seahawks, which is a little bit surprising. That's right, fifty seven percent chance to win. Yeah, as so, of today. Yeah, so I, I think they're I think they're going to win one of those games. Uh, the Mexico City game. That's you know that's that's an event. I, I don't know what I think about that. I, I don't think 
The Rams are, are the worst of the opponents, but but that game scares me as much as any. Yeah, the Rams weren't very good the first time the Cardinals no, played them either. Right, no. <clears throat> and yeah. we're not especially good that day and still found a way to right. win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the NFL trade deadline is at 1 o'clock Arizona time today. The Chicago mm-hmm. Bears have made a couple moves. Bears. I'm seeing Roquan Smith going from the Bears to the Ravens on my TV screen right now. Uh, yesterday, Dan Bickley, you mentioned the rumors swirling around A.J. Green and potentially the Green Bay Packers. Do you think that A.J. Green is still a, an Arizona Cardinal at the end of the day? I, I just don't think that, that anybody's going to trade anything for him. I, I, I really don't it, because... And if the, if the Cardinals do get an offer, that would be that would be quite a benefit. And there are some teams that want some wide receivers out there. Um, somebody put out, I forget who it was, but somebody put out on Twitter yesterday something fascinating. Now, this is never going to happen. But could you imagine what you might be able to get in return for DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, let's try and find that. After those two games, now I think yeah. he's I think David he's, Johnson in the second round pick. I think he's got a note. <laughs> There's precedent. No, what I'm saying is it, it, these two games he's put on uh, on film since he's come back have been you know they it, they've reinforced the point that D Hop is a top three wide receiver mm-hmm. in football. Yeah, he's yep. been fantastic. Uh, that salary would maybe scare some people. You maybe really wonder was. if if the trade deadline was one week later. Telling you how big an impact that would be because if they lose yeah. this week, yep. I mean, you could see selling the guys like the JJ yep. Watts and yeah. maybe even this is a, this is not a good time for the trade deadline for the Cardinals to be sellers. Put it that way. Well, there's other teams that are making. I mean, t- teams with similar records. The Bears have made the decision. We're selling everybody. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland yeah. Browns might be a team after their win last night. They might get rid of Kareem Hunt to answer your question. AJ Green will be a Cardinal. I, I just don't. With what has transpired the last few weeks. Reputation aside, I mean, he can't get on the field or get involved. And if you're in the market for a receiver, I'd rather make a play on Jerry Judy from Denver or Brandon Cooks from Houston, guys that are actually contributing to their teams right now. Because at least there's no mystery on whether or not those guys can still play. Sure. You guys just mentioned being a buyer versus a seller. How do you think the Cardinals should approach today? Should they do anything? Uh, stay tuned for that. I mean, if, at eight if o'clock, Vic's right. Oh. If they could get an offer on AJ Green, I think you take it. Yeah, because he's not helping you at all. So you might as well pick up something. I just don't think that offer is going to come. Okay. Uh, finally, let's get to the Phoenix Suns. They play the Timberwolves tonight at Footprint Center. This is Game Four of the Suns' six-game homestand. Here is Suns coach Monty Williams with high praise for Minnesota. Down with the team. Edwards is about as explosive and big and strong as any two-guard in the league. And D'Angelo is just a crafty, wise point guard. He just knows how to play. So you partner that with the size, poses some challenges. All right, now let's compliment the Phoenix Suns. John Schumann of NBA.com ranks the Suns as the second best starting lineup in the NBA so far, only behind the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, it's early. We're going into the third week of the season, but Schumann writes this of the Suns. There is no arguing against the success of this new starting lineup without Jay Crowder, which has outscored its opponents by 28.9 points per 100 possessions. That's the best mark among 20 lineups that have played a certain amount of time together. And he also pointed out that the Suns have been able to keep on rolling when they have replaced DeAndre Ayton with another center. So with how well the team has played without Jay Crowder so far... 
how urgent is it that the Suns make a move to trade him, or can they just kind of wait until the deadline in a couple months and see how it plays out? I don't think they feel any urgency right now. Yeah, I don't think there's any urgency at all. I mean, it's it's it'd be a lot different if that bench had a big hole in it, but it doesn't. Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> so I mean, so he so James Jones can can wait this out and hope that you know. He gets something better in return. I'm sure he's got something in mind that he wants. Maybe that was Jay Crowder's way yesterday of, hey, remember me over here? I'm still here. I still need to be traded. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's and again, th- that report from uh, from Chris Haynes, right? Mm-hmm. That was the same thing. Yep. Hey, don't forget about me. Yep. That's right. Chris, I got yeah, some stuff for you. Hmm. On, on two different occasions that day, too. Yeah. There was the pregame and then added to it. And we didn't even touch on this with Jay Crowder, by the way. He made it clear in that report from Chris Haynes, from what he told Chris Haynes, hey, this is not about me being demoted to a bench player. It's not about that at all. Which kind of, I don't know, suggests maybe there was some more of a personal issue. I I don't know if we'll find out about it until he's traded, but that was all very strange. Yes. The, the whole situation yes. continues oh, to be strange. Yes. Oh, man. It doesn't quite check out. Yeah. There you go. We're all rebooted. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Rush you. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 730. Coming up next... The rumors of Pete Carroll's demise as an NFL head coach have been greatly exaggerated. We'll get into that and more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata hash marks. You know, all the people that doubt like you, you're losing that, you know, you know, like you run the ball too much, you don't understand football and, you know, you don't, you know, you can't stay up with the, the, the new game and all that kind of stuff. That's a bunch of crap. I'm telling you. But look, we're doing fine. We're all right. So I don't mind proving it day in and day out. That's <laughs> Pete Carroll. Thumbing his nose at the critics. Yeah. Halfway through a season, which is never a great strategy, by the way. He's one of the big winners of this season so far. He is. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, look. We keep going back to this. Um, when the Seattle Seahawks had a direction that they needed to pick this offseason, did they want to move forward with Russell Wilson as their quarterback or Pete Carroll as their head coach? That seemed to be the dilemma from the outside, right? Yeah. They went oh, yeah. with Carroll. They traded Russell Wilson, got Drew Locke and uh, some players uh, in, in return from Denver. We all thought it was a huge mistake. Oh, it seemed <laughs> insane at the it time. Did. It really, really did. It, and we just would uh, the the ridicule was endless because it, because it looked so daffy. It looked so counterintuitive to everything we thought we knew. You're picking your 70 year old whatever coach over Russell Wilson over this franchise quarterback who's taken you to to a couple of Super Bowls. Your coach who won to go back to the old school style of football that they don't play anymore in the NFL. Yeah, over the guy who just wants to ride. Right, right. and so and but again, there's people who who also believe that Geno Smith surprised them as much as he surprised anybody. It's crazy. It's, They'll claim, oh, we knew this about Geno. No, but don't you think <laughs> they traded for Drew, Drew Locke with the intention that he was going to be the starter? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they saw. It even being a competition until the competition started. Yeah, you can go back and look it up. In training camp, Drew Locke came down with COVID-19, missed about four or five days of practice, and that was it. That mm-hmm. was all the window that Geno Smith needed, and he's it's it's an unbelievable story. I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. A guy who's been a journeyman, backup, described as a bust in the past, just 
pop like this. Now, there's people, Dan Orlovsky among them, Peter King suggested it in his column. Hey, Geno Smith, at this point of the season, for whatever it's worth, and, and we in Arizona can can really relate to half-season MVPs yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah, we know about them. Um, I, I don't know if I'd put him that high. Honestly, All right. I, I think right now, there's, not, yeah. I think there's three quarterbacks that clearly rank ahead of Geno Smith in in any order. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I would say Joe Burrow was starting to get there. But, and then last but night happened. Last night happened. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I do. And I, I don't. Th- I think Geno's. I think this has got to. This can't go on all season long. Mm-hmm. But you watch him throw the ball. His arm is alive. It is. The spin on the ball. His spin rate. That's not a football term, I know. But you can see it just. It, 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 he throws a very pretty pass. What's, what it, I'm trying to say. what's, what's his exit velocity? I mean. <laughs> What's right. his BABIP? Right. <laughs> um, Brady Henderson, who covers uh, Seattle, the Seahawks for ESPN, uh, he talked about Pete Carroll, and <laughs> there's not a ticking clock on the head coach's career. This guy does not look like he is ready to call it a career anytime soon, and um, he's probably the youngest 71-year-old uh, that you will ever meet. And me and a lot of people, I think, were of the opinion that, you know, certainly the Russell Wilson trade had been building for years. But, you know, I, I kind of wondered if, if Carroll would try to ride that out as long as he could because, you know, trading Russell Wilson would mean starting over, in theory, uh, it would likely mean starting over with a young quarterback that, you know, would Carroll really want to go through the growing pains of trying to find that guy and then, you know, live through the early struggles? Well, that didn't end up happening, and so there's just there's no end in sight to Carroll's coaching career, especially when um, you know they're they look like they are when they're as good as they are now, and not only that, but how you know well set up they are for success down the road. They've got what over fifty million dollars cap space this offseason when they'll really start to reap the savings uh, of Russell Wilson's contract no longer being on their books. Remember, they've also got an extra first and second round pick from Denver from the Wilson trade. So uh, they're in good shape right now, and they're also in good shape for the long run, too. That's great news here in Arizona. Oh, just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brady Henderson called Pete Carroll the youngest 71-year-old you'll ever meet. Speaking of other young 70-year-olds, Tom Brady uh, spoke about <laughs> <laughs> spoke about his uh, personal life on the Let's Go podcast. Of course, the divorce being of, announced uh, between Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen last week. Uh, Tom Brady says he's not going to let it affect his play. There's a lot of professionals in life that go through things that they deal with at work and they deal with at home. And obviously, the good news is things that it's a very amicable situation. And I'm really focused on two things taking care of my family and certainly my children. Secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. So that's what professionals do. You focus at work when it's time to work. And then when you come home, you focus on the priorities that are at home. All you can do is the best you could do. That's what I'll just continue to do as long as I'm working and as long as I'm being a dad. Yeah. And look, we've had, you know, our shots at Tom Brady. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a little fun with him. And even then calling him a young 71 year old. There are a lot of people that can relate to that. Oh, without a doubt. And and Tom Brady trying to do this with the just 
immense number of eyeballs on him, watching his every move. And, you know, I think a, a, a good percentage of those people rooting for him to fail. That's something that not yeah. a lot of people have gone through at this level. Um, so, so my belief in this is this is a conscientious decision that Tom Brady made because he doesn't just want to finish this year with Tampa. He wants to keep playing and he's got, he must have some place in his mind that he wants to go next year because I don't think it's going to be in Tampa. And, and so I think that's really the genesis of all of this. And, and, you know, and what he just said is very relatable because a lot of people have to, you know, their lives back together and, and find a way to do their jobs and be a professional in the wake of failed marriages. It happens frequently. So I do think, I, I do think that maybe just maybe Tom Brady's own performance spikes now that the stress of all this is been, that there's a finality to it, if, mm-hmm. if you will. I, I don't yeah, know. Because he hasn't played a, ga- a game since the divorce no. was announced. He played Thursday night. It was announced on Friday. That's right. And so, and, and freewheeling Tom Brady. Well, clearly, clearly the, the, he wanted it done expeditiously because of that. I mean, that's, a, that's, it was unbelievable how, how lightning fast all of that went down, right? Yes. Yes. He did tweet. He tweeted a picture today from last night's Halloween celebration with him and his kids. He, uh, Tom Brady, is dressed as the Grim Reaper in it, and he says, "Insert Grim Reaper joke here." Happy okay. Halloween. Okay. Well, his sense of humor has really improved yeah. since the divorce. Yeah. Well, listen, there was, there was a report right before the divorce came final that. Giselle had given him one last chance. Leave now and save our marriage. Yeah, the timing it, of that report was weird. Weird. Because hours later, it was announced that it was over. Yeah, so I, so I think Tom Brady is, is, and he's admitted this, he's just being true to who he thinks he is, and he is not ready to stop playing football. So the question, though, really becomes, if he is hell-bent on extending his career years, and not just this year, who's going to want him next year? Will he be at a level, um, you know, are we watching? Because he, he's looked very creaky the last couple of games. He has. He's still second in the league in total passing yards and in the top 10 in passing yards per game. The offense has not been good. But I'm wondering, too, you, you talk about, all right, he still wants to play. I don't. If it came down to a play football or choose your family ultimatum, mm-hmm. if he was only planning to play the rest of this season. <laughs> Nine more games. I don't think that would be the no. decision he made. No. So I agree with you. But now, without this storyline, without that pressure from the outside, to retire, does that increase the teams that might be interested in Tom Brady next year? There's a lot of desperate teams for quarterbacks, and he's still one of the better ones. Yeah, I think you'd get a job, but but if you were a really good team, would you trust him? Maybe. Maybe you would just go, yeah, g- give me that experience, give me that, that clutch play, give me, yeah, maybe. Let's see how the 49ers playoffs play out this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that could be that, a team. Well, it might yeah. be. Except remember, the 49ers had a chance to sign him as a free agent and passed on it. That is true. So I don't know. It's 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 a crazy story. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really interested because Tampa's in the Tampa's one of those teams that's in the midst of a very yucky season right now. We can relate. So with the Cardinals, what, what we're feeling, they're feeling in Tampa as well. Mm-hmm. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, the Bickley Blast in all its glory. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. Live from the Ox Chain Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.